You're listening to Trinity Fremont's Sermon Podcast, where you can hear God's Word preached each and every week. Our purpose at Trinity is to raise up Christ's followers in our families and in our communities. We pray that as you listen to this week's sermon, you'll be encouraged and equipped to live out your faith in all that you do. Well, with Thanksgiving you know, being a couple days ago, uh, we had the opportunity to, to celebrate that. Now, that. now that Thanksgiving is behind us, though, I think now we're finally into that time where everyone agrees that it's okay to have your Christmas tree up. Uh, it's okay to have your house decorated for Christmas. It's okay to have Christmas music playing at all times. Some, in, including myself, would consider this to be the most wonderful time of the year. right? And, and in this season... We all have our favorite traditions, right? Growing up for us, uh, for our family, uh, it was always yesterday. It was the Saturday after Thanksgiving when we'd put the tree up and when we'd start to decorate the house for Christmas, when we'd, when we'd start to really start listening to Christmas music. And then throughout the season, we had different traditions that we would participate in as we prepared for Christmas Day. And there were some of those traditions that I really looked forward to. And there were other traditions that I smiled and I did because that's what mom wanted us to do, or that's, that's the tradition that dad wanted us to do, and, and so we just did it. But those traditions, uh, as you grow up, those traditions become very important to us, so much so that, that one of the things that I do when I talk to my families in, or couples in premarital counseling is I often encourage them to talk about their expectations for Christmas and to do it early, like not December 1st early, but before you get married early, because we have our traditions, and that's the way that Christmas looked. When, when my wife and I, when we had this conversation, uh, and when we had some of these dis- discussions, I may have even uttered the words, it's not really Christmas uh, without chili and meat and cheese and crackers on Christmas Eve. Right, because for me, that was Christmas. It started with chili and meat and cheese and crackers uh, for Christmas Eve dinner, and then we went to Christmas Eve service, and then when before we went home, we drove around the city and looked at all the Christmas lights, and then we got home, and then we opened one present, uh, and it was those Christmas jammies or something else usually, and then we'd put on the Christmas jammies, and we'd go to bed, and I would wake up at four in the morning, and I'd sit at the top of the stairs, and I'd wait until I got the okay to come down, and then it was Christmas. Right, And it all started with chili and meat and cheese and crackers. That's how Christmas started. Right? But we all have those traditions because you could, I could ask you all the same question. You know, what's Christmas for you? What are those traditions? And you all would have different answers because we all celebrate differently. But what are those traditions for you that if they didn't take place for a year... It wouldn't really feel like Christmas. And maybe you've had a chance to think of that because maybe those, those traditions didn't happen last year. And so maybe this year, maybe this year is the year that you get to re-up some of those traditions that, that didn't happen last year. Well, one of those traditions in the church is this season that we're in right now called Advent. And the word Advent, it means arrival. Right? This, this season, for, for the next four weeks, we will be waiting for the arrival of Jesus. That this is a season of anticipation. It's a, a season of preparation. And it's a season of, of patience. A little, early, a little earlier today, I read the, the genealogy 
of Jesus, the, the one that Matthew gives to us. Luke gives us a, a different genealogy. Sometimes it can be easy to see that that's what we're going to be reading and, and just check out because it doesn't seem all that important. Sometimes it's fun to listen to see if the pastor stumbles through it. And thankfully, the third time through, I, I think I got through it okay today. But maybe for you, it's just one of those traditions like that we do like just because mom wants us to do, right? It's one of those things that we just feel like we have to do. But there's actually some really, really important truths that we see in this genealogy, right? For Matthew, again, it's been 400 years since we've seen anything spoken from God. And the very first thing that Matthew does is list off this genealogy. He, he starts his gospel immediately by telling us who this Jesus is. He says that Jesus is, is the son of David. He is the Messiah. Jesus is the son of Abraham. He, he is an Israelite. And with these two names, the hearers of this gospel, and Matthew, when, when he writes, he writes for Jewish readers. Right? So that's his main audience. So, so with these two names, with David and Abraham, the Jewish hearers know who Matthew's talking about. This Jesus, he is the one that the Jews have been waiting for, for generations. For generation upon generation, the Israelites were waiting for this promised Messiah. And in this genealogy, we see that Jesus, or that God keeps his promises. But what we also see is that sometimes it takes a little bit longer than we were hoping. You know, for Abraham, in Matthew's genealogy, it was 42 generations. Now, that's not an exhaustive list. Matthew kind of plays with numbers a little bit there. But, but we see generations upon generations have been waiting sometimes more patiently than others, for this promised Messiah. Right? This is a season of waiting. It's a season of patience. But I know for many of us, patience isn't a very popular practice. Right? It's often been said, never pray for patience because God's not going to just give you patience, but he's going to give you opportunities to learn and to practice that patience. Right? Patience isn't very popular, uh, especially during this season, right? because this is a, a busy season. This is the season that we wish we had more days and, and evenings and more weekends to get everything done that needs to be done. This is the season that, that even though it's supposed to be a season of peace and love and joy and hope, this is a season that's maybe more often referred to as a hectic season. This is a season that we fill our schedule so full with traditions and customs that, that they begin to compete for our time. And that's why it's so important for me to start with Matthew's genealogy of Jesus. Right? If you were to read other genealogies in the Old Testament, you'd notice that those genealogies typically list a person's descendants rather than their ancestors. Right, the, these, Those genealogies, they talk about the legacy that someone like Abraham has left. Like Abraham was such an important guy that, that, that we want to know about Isaac and Jacob and, and his children. But Matthew's genealogy of Jesus does something very different. Matthew wants you to realize that Jesus is the point of history. All of these stories from the Old Testament, they point to Jesus. All of these people in this genealogy, the, these that we might consider the heroes of the Old Testament, they find their meaning in Jesus. In other words, God sovereignly directed all of history, the whole history of Israel and all of creation, and preserved Adam's and David's line 
because of his plan to send Jesus into this world. So just as Matthew's genealogy points us to Jesus, so should our traditions, especially at this time of year. Right? So as, as much as it pains me to say it, it is possible for it to be Christmas without chili and meat and cheese and crackers on Christmas Eve. But it's absolutely not possible for it to be Christmas without Jesus. Right? And not only does, does Matthew's genealogy point us to Jesus and reminds us that, that those yearly traditions should point us to Jesus, it also reminds us to be prepared for the unexpected. Because there are some really surprising names included in this genealogy. Again, Gentile women, women or Gentiles, would never have been included in a Jewish genealogy, let alone the combination of the two. But here Matthew includes Tamar, Rahab, Ruth, and as it's mentioned there, the wife of Uriah, which we know to be Bathsheba. Right In the Old Testament, we see that God's covenant was passed down from generation to generation. That's why, that's why these genealogies were so important, because we saw how God's covenant was passed down from person to person. But here, already so early in Matthew, before Jesus even speaks a word, we already see that that's beginning to change. Here we see that, that grace doesn't run in families, at least not in biological families, but grace is meant for all. Right? Grace is for you. Grace is for me. Grace is for the sinner. Grace is even for the unexpected sinner whom we wouldn't expect to be listed among those names. Because grace is unexpected and it's undeserved and that's exactly what Matthew wants you to know. And so in this season of Advent, we wait for Jesus Right? We're reminded that 2,000 years ago, Jesus was born a humble birth here on this earth because this earth needed a Savior. You needed a Savior. I needed a Savior. And if you look through Matthew's genealogy of Jesus, you'll see that every single person leading up to Jesus needed a Savior. And as you look through that list, you might think that some needed it more than others. But that Savior is Jesus. Your Savior is Jesus. Jesus came down from his throne in heaven to become a man, to, to walk among us, to be tempted as we are tempted, to, to be, but to withstand that temptation in the areas that we have failed. If there was ever a person in this genealogy that, that didn't deserve to die, if, if there was ever a person in the history of the earth that didn't deserve to die, it was Jesus. But Jesus didn't simply come into this world to, to be a good example. And he didn't come into this world to, to prove that, no, it really is possible to live a perfect life. Jesus didn't come into this world to teach you, uh, you know, how to be a good person. Jesus came into this world to die for you. Jesus came into this world to take your punishment for your sin off of your shoulders and to put them on his shoulders. Jesus came into this world to hang on this cross uh, with your sin on his shoulders. He, he came into this world to die for you. And he came into this world to rise again for the forgiveness of all of your sins. Jesus came to this world to be your savior. And that's exactly what he did. So this Advent season, I want you to think about your traditions. I want, to, I want you to think about, do your, do your traditions point you to Jesus? Or do they maybe even get in the way, get in between you and Jesus? 
Remember that this season is a season of waiting. It's the season of anticipation. Contrary to popular belief, it is okay to not be busy for the entirety of this next month. It's okay to say no to some good things so that you can say yes to the greatest thing, worshiping your Savior, Jesus. And so, we wait, and we wait, and we wait. We wait to to celebrate the birth of Jesus on Christmas, and we wait to to celebrate that second advent of Jesus, that that, that coming of Jesus when He will return to make all things new, when when He will rise up uh, all of those, when He will raise up all of those who have died in faith and all of those who are here on this earth uh, to, to new life. Uh, when he will return to, to, to turn the mortal to immortality, to turn the perishable to the imperishable, when he will give all of those who have faith in him new and perfect bodies where every tear will be wiped away and where death will be swallowed up, we wait for the second coming of Jesus. We wait with patience and we wait with anticipation, all the while keeping our eyes fixed on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith. Because it, it, it's possible to be Christmas without chili and meat and cheese and crackers on Christmas Eve. It's possible for it to be Christmas without snow on the ground. And yes, it's even possible for it to be Christmas without presents under the tree. But it absolutely cannot be Christmas without Jesus. And so this season we wait for Him. Amen? Amen.